need one of these strapping young men that's handsome, takes after their father. I mean, uh, that uh, straight turn around and show us that shirt you got on there. Everybody needs Jesus. Now, you guys might be wondering where in the world they get that song. That was awesome. Well, that's because we, uh, we have a, a talented Josh over here wrote that. Josh Travers wrote that for us. That's, um, we, we understand that we are here because everybody needs Jesus. We're not better than anyone else. We're not, you know, I, I say it this way, you know, religious people are critics of everybody. But righteous people are looking to bring redemption and unity and lift up everybody. Amen. And we recognize that we are only righteous because of who he is. Amen. A lot of people are religious based on their own activity and their own self-evaluation. But we are righteous because of the blood of Jesus. And we recognize that we're only righteous because of him. So therefore, everybody needs Jesus. Amen. And we're just here to, to know God, to know his body, to grow in God, and to show God to everyone else. Amen? Because everybody needs Jesus. Praise the Lord. You know, I, there was a message given, and I don't want to move past that too quickly. Yes, I, I want to preach, and I'm going to preach. But um, in that, I was stirred because I'm reminded that uh, there's a few... There's several who need prayer, who need a touch from the Lord this morning. And uh, Sammy Pena is one of those. He called last night and uh, gave me permission to share this. But uh, he's in the hospital at UT and uh, has, had, has three blood clots. One is in his lungs and he's in a, a lot of pain. And his um, uh, platelet levels are really low. They're like 30,000. Uh, you guys who know all that stuff understand that that's low. And uh, so he, he is requesting prayer uh, this morning. So I want us to remember, remember him this morning as well. Uh, I want us to remember Kathy Lozier's parents. Um, both are not doing well. Um, and they're, they're in some decision-making uh, processes and just asking God for wisdom and direction. But ultimately, I want to touch that family as well as Kenneth O'Neill. Uh, many of you may know that he fell again. Uh, fortunately, it wasn't a, a re-break, but he is not, he's really struggling uh, with uh, just being able to get his strength back. And we just need God to reach out and touch them as well. Any other uh, requests that you might can make known right now by raising your hands, and let's agree together for this specific situation. Um, I don't know, Jim, would you just come up here and, and stand and let's, and, and, and be that representative for these specific needs and let's pray uh, together amen father I just thank you Lord for your blessings I thank you God that you are in this place I thank you God that we can trust you that we can put into your hands Lord and lay at your feet these specific needs every hand that was raised these specific needs that were mentioned and God we just ask you to intervene God we we ask that you're, that you wore, Lord, for these specific needs, God. 
Lord, I pray that right now in that hospital room in UT, God, that you'll touch Sammy Pena, Lord. That your Holy Spirit will, uh, Lord, reach down and, and minister healing his body, Father. Lord, we know that, God, you're not limited to time and space, but just as much as you were right here, you were right there. And Lord, we just ask, God, that you'll just be with them and be with those doctors, give wisdom and direction, be with each specific need, be with the Lozier's, God, and, and this family, Father, give wisdom and direction and healing to their bodies. Father, I thank you for Kenneth, and Lord, I pray, let no man knows the day nor the hour the Son of Man comes. And Lord, we are not depending on a time frame of what man says, but Lord, we are trusting you for your time and we're asking your intervention on behalf of that family, Father. God, minister to each one of these needs. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to be sharing out of Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. How many know that change is inevitable? Right? I mean... It happens, and sometimes change is cyclical. It's kind of like, you know, bell bottoms. They come in, and they go out. And guess what? They come back in. We go from bell bottoms to skin tights to somewhere in between skin tight bell bottoms and all kinds of stuff, right? Hairstyles go in and out, right? I mean, we spend, uh, we, not we, some of us spend a lot of, Money on making sure that the grays don't show. Amen. And then there comes times where young people are actually dyeing their hair gray because gray's in. Go figure, right? Gray might as well just stay gray, right? Because guess what? It's going to come in sometime. (laughs) But the fact is, is change happens. Change is inevitable. Yeah, it's funny because um, even though I look at change and transition as two different, very two, two different things, although we often use them synonymously or as synonyms, but in reality, they're two different meanings. And it's kind of like a, a shellfish. You can take a shellfish from the East Coast and take it to the West Coast, but a shellfish only opens for the for the for the high tide of the place where it was originally adapted. Isn't that great? So in other words, if you take it, it's not going to open up on the Pacific Ocean, in the Pacific Ocean, like it does on the Atlantic Ocean. Same with taking it to Budapest or wherever you want to take it. It's only going to open how it opens. And so when you realize that just because there's change doesn't mean that we transist. Come on, somebody. I mean, look, we change addresses. We change clothes. We change, you know, marital status from single to marriage and all those good things. But just because we see change doesn't mean we always are in transition. Amen. I mean, look, if you look at the book of Joshua, we can see that there's a whole lot of uh, change that's taking place. They're changing geographically they're changing uh, generationally they're changing nationally they're changing spiritually but but in reality just because things are changing doesn't mean that they're internally transitioning because change is something that happens externally change happens uh, outside but transition happens on the inside amen Joshua chapter 1 
Verse 1 says, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant or minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. Just as I spoke to Moses, from the wilderness and, and from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I have swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful. Be careful, or the other word says, be observant or observe to do according. Right? Come on, somebody. According to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you, do not turn from it to the right or the left so that, uh, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For, uh, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have uh, success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen, amen, amen. You know, when I look at this passage of Scripture, I see that uh, there seemed to be something God is doing for those who are in the midst of change. God wants to see a transition in each one of us. Come on, how many believe that? God wants to see something fresh in us. God wants to see something unique in us. I mean, we understand that the Word of God says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Even though the world changes, even though we see cultural changes, there's something within us that has a firm foundation. And, and though we might see the changes around us, though we might adapt in some scenarios, there's something internal in us that God wants to see transition, that we are more like Him. Amen? We transition from glory to glory that we represent the presence of God because the glory of God is making us more like Him. Amen? Amen. I mean, we can see this throughout the Word of God. We can see this uh, in 1 Kings chapter 19 where, uh, where Elijah was transitioned and uh, Elisha came about, right? I mean, look, the, the transition was kind of unique because, can I come down here? I know y'all, you good? Good. <clears throat> Just for y'all's understanding, I'm not necessarily asking for permission. Uh, I'm letting our media guy know I'm coming down here. <laughs> and those of you who are online who only see my forehead for a few minutes, give us a second. But when, when I see this, I mean, we, we have to understand for there to be a transmission, there has to be a termination. Come on. I mean, the scripture said that Moses, your servant, is dead. There was something that had to pass away. When, when we look at uh, Elijah and Elisha, Elijah had to be taken. 
right? Now, you have to understand, not everything that has to pass away is bad, right? There are some good things that we've been let loose of that we've been holding on to for so long. And God's saying, just because it's a good thing doesn't mean it's a God thing. Just because it's done you good for a season doesn't mean it's what I want for you now. God wants to transition us into something greater, something new, something fresh. Amen? And so, so therefore, Elijah had to go. But Elisha, who had been following him, yes, he had a change in his life. He had a change of occupation. Because when you think of uh, the occupation he had, the, the Bible tells us that he had to burn the cart. Come on. He had to cut up the oxen. And he used the very thing that was his occupation to give sacrifice to the offering to the Lord for what God was transitioning him to do. Come on. Not only did he have, have a change of occupation, he had a change of atmosphere. He began to follow Elijah wherever he went Elijah tried to ditch him a few times come on but he kept on in pursuit because he knew that God said follow this guy do do what he says because in so doing he would receive a double portion let me tell you when God transitions you he will also raise you up right when Elijah was raising up the mantle fell down and all of a sudden uh, Elisha became a new creature, if you will, because uh, what had fallen down was the mantle of the Lord. And when the mantle hit him, it was a double portion anointing. It might be there's some change in your life, but when the anointing of the Lord comes on you, there is a true transition that is not just an outward uh, lifestyle. It's not just an outward hairdo. It's not just an outward vesti- uh, vesture. It is something that transforms from the inside out. It begins to change you internally, and it empowers you for the glory of God. For every transition, there has to be a transmission. My wife, when I was telling her that, she goes, what in the world do you mean by that? I just want you all to know, I sometimes run these things by my wife first, and she fine-tunes me. Men, it's your opportunity to say amen. And so, I said, well, a transmission is a disbursement of power. So the engine is what produces the power. And how we know that the head of the body is our engine, if you will. And he produces the power. And the transmission is what disperses the power. And, and, and that transmission uh, spits it out to the torque converter. And the torque converter converts, come on, the energy into power that pushes the wheels, right? I learned all about that, Chris, a long time ago. I was 15 years old and my dad's F-150. And I was wanting to race this Camaro with that straight 6 V6. And baby, I put all the power I had in that baby. I want you to know that that straight 6 V6 could never stay tuned. It's worse than a radio. You let off the gas and you'd be wah, 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 pow. You scare everybody in the whole neighborhood. But I, I laid that baby down and I was like, you ain't got, I got this, boy. And I put that thing in, kids, close your ears. Straight drive, right? I let that thing out, I had it, and I popped that gear out, and them tires went, and then something, clink, 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 clink. Drive shaft laying on the ground. Lord, help us. There's a lesson in that, you know. Because just because you have the power doesn't mean you're prepared to disperse the energy that God's given you. 
doesn't mean that you are prepared to fulfill the plan of God. It might mean there's a whole lot of anointing, there's a whole lot of power, but there's a process to transmission of the power of God. Amen. There's a process that we grow through, that we learn through, that we prepare for to uh, allow us to be equipped to be the disbursement of the presence and the anointing of God. Elisha had to walk a little while. He had to he had to get rid of some old things. Elisha had to put some stuff in the back burner. He had to walk and he had to be ridiculed a little bit on the process. But in the way, if you're faithful to the process, God can then anoint you with a double portion anointing of God and he can use you more powerfully than even your predecessors if you're willing to humble yourselves before him and trust him amen amen so when I think about this process because I believe that every single one of you God wants to anoint you to transition you to be his anointed vessels in this world to be able to transmit the power of God to those around you how many know that if you walk in the light, you shall, huh? If you walk in the light, you'll, you'll be one who admits the light, right? We are light bearers. He's called you light of the world. But for us to be able to admit light, we have to be in the presence of the light. Amen? So when I think of, when I think of this process, I think of Moses, I think of uh, Joshua here, and it says that Moses servant saying verse 1 there so the Lord spoke to Joshua the son of Nun Moses servant saying I'm thinking wait a minute Joshua Joshua fit the battle of Jericho right that's Joshua right think of Joshua he's this powerful you know commander of the Lord's army you know commander of, of the army of the Lord and and this is Joshua who the presence of God has shown up to this is Joshua but Joshua didn't start out being on the top. Joshua had to learn that the word minister or servant is someone who serves. He, he had to learn that he was a servant. He didn't mind playing second fiddle. Come on, somebody. How I many of the world teaches us to, to jump out on top, right? Uh, everybody wants the, the highest position they can get in the fastest time they can get there. We, we want to bypass the processes. We, we get out of college, we have all this knowledge, and we think, well, you know, I just, I think I should start out at the very top. I mean, I spent all this time in study, but yet we don't realize that there's a process of learning. There's a process of growth. There's a process of being under somebody and being equipped and trained and mentored and prepared for the purpose that God has for us. And so I look at Joshua, and the Bible says that he was a Moses minister. He was a servant. He didn't mind playing second fiddle. Too many times we get so big, so quick. We get so big in our own mindsets. We have our own ideas of the way we think sh things should go. And because we've never been through the process, we never allow God to form us and shape us and mold us. We automatically think that we're God's gift to humanity. And just because uh, we have this moment with God, does we want to skip the process. There's a reason why the Word of God in James tells people to be careful about being teachers. And so many times, we just because we accept Christ, we think we should automatically jump in a classroom and teach everybody else. But there's a process. Because you can't make disciples unless you are a disciple. You can't fulfill God's plan unless you're walking in God's plan. You can't allow God to flow through you unless you have terminated some things out of your life that's hindering the plan and will of God in your life. Amen? 
And so he was a servant. I want you to understand, though, that the servant is called of God. You know, in, at Lee College, that's been a long time ago, Ken, because it's Lee University. That just tells you how old I was, because I graduated from Lee College. It was a really good college. My, gro- my wife graduated from Lee University. Oh, well. But at Lee University, they, they have minist- Ministry 101. And that's the, in pastoral ministries, that's the first class you go through if you feel the call of ministry. And, and, and I'm telling you what, I was so frustrated because the whole class dealt with the call of God. The whole class, it was all about knowing your calling, you know, uh, walking in your calling and all those things. I'm like, dude, I'm here, aren't I? I mean, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't called. But can I, can I, can I help you with something? Because when we are called to something, there's a fervor inside. There's a passion because when you're called to something, you see a vision of that. You, 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 you grasp a hold of something bigger than you and, and nothing will deter you. Because when you're called to it, you know that nothing can hinder you. You're invincible. Right? There's something inside of you. I mean, Joshua had been walking in this vision of God. He had seen the hand of God move in Moses' life. And because he had seen the vision and he understood the call of God, he knew that if God had called him, that God would be with him. Amen? And so the word of the Lord was him to arise. So many times we have a calling, but yet we, we haven't grasped a hold of the vision that God has. And we're sitting there saying, God, I see this vision, but I'm not sure if it's me you want. But God's saying, Every one of you are called by me. All are called, the Bible says. Few are chosen. What does that mean? It means that there are, there are the, every one of us are called, but there's only a few who actually grasp a hold of the calling. There's only a few who picks up the line and says, Yes, Lord, it's me standing in the need of prayer. Yes, Lord, it's me that's willing to step out of the boat. Yes, Lord, it's me that's willing to go to the foreign lands. Yes, Lord, it's me who's willing to do whatever it takes. There are, all are called, but few are chosen. But those who are called need to understand that if you're a call, which I believe every single one of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior are called of God for a purpose in the kingdom of God. And if you're called of God, it's time to arise. It's time to arise. It's not time to sit back. It's not time to be quiet. It's not time to be silent. It's not time to let anybody uh, uh, tamper your voice. It's time to lift up the name of Jesus. It's time to reclaim the, the King of Kings. We don't fight with the weapons of this, of this world, but we fight with the weapons of Christ Jesus, the sword of the Spirit. We put it in our hands and we lift up the name of Jesus and He leads us into battle and we are overcomers in Christ Jesus because He is our God and our Lord. We have to grasp a hold of the call of God. But you know, when I see, when I see Joshua, though he recognized the call, he still humbled himself before God. I mean, you got to think, Joshua was, Joshua was actually in, the, in Egypt under the bondage. He was with everybody else. He was 
He was under bondage and, 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 and in the deliverance. Guess what? He was one of the original 12 spies. You know, it's talking about the fact that there's a difference between religious and righteous, right? Because Miriam was also called of God, but she got religious and began to criticize the man of God. And when she began, when she began to criticize the man of God, the Bible says that leprosy came on her. Y'all know the story, right? There had to be a, re a repentance process. But Joshua was one who was righteous and willing to humble himself and do whatever God said do. And so therefore, he was one of the 12 spies. And though he was only one of two who came back with a good report and, and said, hey, we, can, we got this. But even in the midst of we got this, he felt he had to, he had to go through the, the valley of the wilderness, if you will. He had to go through the wilderness. He endured the wilderness even though he was faithful. Even though he was one who said, God, I know you're able to deliver us. God, I know that you're able to give us this land. God, I know that you have called us to this. But just because you have a calling doesn't make you victorious in every situation. Just because you have a calling doesn't mean that you, that you overcome the wilderness on your own. There's still a wilderness that some of us have to go through to refine us for the purposes of God. Oh, me and ouch and oh, Lord. And so he endured, he endured the wilderness. But, but, but in enduring the wilderness, guess what? He was able to lead the armies to defeat the Amalekites. Come on. So the process, receiving the anointing of God, the process. First of all, I believe that we have to be faithful before God. We have to be faithful to the process of walking as a servant before the Lord because you'll never be able to be in charge of something unless you're willing to be faithful to something smaller it's just like the transmission the reality is is we always want the ultimate power of god at that moment because we want to be able to put the metal to the pedal and wow but in reality is is that unless we've been through the process we're going to blow a gasket somewhere right our catalytic converter might mess up or, or no our torque converter might mess up and our and our, uh, you know, drive shafts might be dangling on the ground somewhere. But when we walk the steps and continue to grow, we continue to be faithful to Him. And, you know, the thing is, is that when God's given us something, we might think it's menial, we might think it's small, but if, if we'll be faithful in the small things, matter of fact, it's almost as if we need to hallow the small things. We need to understand that whatever God has uh, given us to do it should be that should be the most holy thing that we do we despise the small things and too many times and God's saying this is your training moment how many remember Danielson right wax on wax off right I mean here he is he's he's uh for for you guys that may not know I'm talking about the karate kid right I know it's an old movie but he's waxing on and he's getting frustrated in the process. Why am I doing this? I'm tired of it. And wax on, wax off. And all of a sudden, he gets in this first moment. And Mr. Miyagi comes up and he throws the first punch. He's wax on. And he throws the next punch. Wax off. And it's a process. 
We, we don't like it. It's frustrating, but it's menial. It's wonder, why, God, am I doing this? Is there so much more? Yet, all along the way, God's saying, I'm just preparing you for next level. I'm just preparing you for the, for the next thing that I'm bringing you to. I'm just ready to put a double portion anointing on you. I'm ready for the mantle to fall, but if you'll just be faithful in the small things. If you'll just be faithful, what I, what I put in front of you right now, that I can prepare you. I remember youth pastoring in northern Ohio and a great church. And the pastor, uh, you know, had closed the school. There was some turmoil because he closed the school that the church had. And, and uh, you know, I, he was talking about resigning. And I was thinking, oh, God, what am I doing? I just moved here. I just had a kid. You know, I'm like, Lord, what am I supposed to do? In my mind, how I many know that sometimes uh, we get to thinking, well, if he'd have done this, huh? If, 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 if he would have done that or this, I mean, it would have been a whole lot better. I mean, don't you know? And we get in our mind thinking that we know better than the person that's over us. And guess what? Sometimes we may. But we have to be submitted to the process. And I remember that I called the overseer because... I was struggling with, here's the pastor resigning, what am I supposed to do? To just find out, what am I supposed to do? And I called the overseer, uh, Dr. Probst, and, and sat in front of his office. And here I was, uh, I mean, a 23, 24-year-old uh, you know, kid. Um, first child, I mean, literally just born. And I'm sitting here in front of the overseer, and the overseer looks at me, and, and with all of his wisdom, he says, do you want to pastor a church? And I'm thinking, Lord of mercy, I don't know that I'm doing a good job youth pastoring, much less pastor a church. <laughs> and and, and it, it hit me that I'm still in the process. I'm still learning. And I just said, you know, brother, I really appreciate it. He said, I'll put you on the short list. I'm like, brother, you don't want me to tear up a church. I'm just learning. I'm still in the process. And I remember going home and sitting in the kitchen, knelt down praying, God, you know the way. You know what needs to happen in this process. You know where I'm at. You know that there's still equipping that needs to take place, and I'm trusting in the process. And so, in the process, you might have to go through the wilderness. You might have to endure a wilderness, but in the end, you will defeat the Amalekites. In the end, you will be victorious. And when God sees that you are faithful to the process, and He sees that you're able to wage war uh, in, the, in the plan that He has generated for you, how many know the Bible says that we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works in which He has prepared in advance for us to do? In other words, when we begin to fulfill the works that God has already planned for us to do, then He can position us to be transitioned on the inside to receive the anointing of God, to be in the place that God wants us to be, to fulfill the purpose that He has for us. And so, that plan, Moses died. Now, let, let me help you understand something else. He says, I'm going, I know, get in trouble for looking at my watch. He, he says, he says, I'm going to give them the land to the sons of Israel. Verse 2. Verse 3. Every place on which the sole of your feet treads, I have given to you just as I spoke to Moses. 
Mm. You know, I, 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 can this be a prophetic word for you? Why limit your steps? Why limit your steps? I think that too often God's wanting us to proclaim victory and declare land. It's kind of like when they stepped out on the move and they planted the flag, the American flag. They were, they were planting something. They were saying, I, th- my foot has trod here and this is mine. But in our Christian walk, we're so busy being content with little that we never step out into big. And God's saying, wherever your feet touch, I will, de- I will declare it's yours. It is yours. And we're too busy taking little steps. Well, I'm a baby step here, I'm a baby step there. And God's saying, would you just take one giant leap for me? Would you just be willing to step out in faith and know that if I have declared it over you, if I have told you that I will give it to you, if I've already said it's yours, all you've got to do is walk on it. It's kind of like when we talk about the Bible, when it says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. It's not that the gates are, 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 are actually attacking us, but it is the fact that we have come as an army of God and we're attacking the gates of hell and they shall not prevail against us. We will be victorious. But at some point, we've got to rage wars. At some point, we've got to stand up and fight. At some point, we've got to rise and we've got to say, God is with me and I'm going to take some big steps. This is my family. This is my children. This is my job. This is my home. This is my church. This is my neighborhood. This is my county. This is my state. This is my world. I am a part of God's kingdom. I'm going to take some big steps. I'm going to declare, thus saith the Lord, this is my house. And as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. I will no longer bow down to the world. I will never longer bend a knee to the enemy. But I will stand in the righteousness of God. And I will declare the things of God because we are God's children. We are God's people. Too many of us are sitting back silent thinking, I'm afraid to say anything because somebody's going to attack me. But you don't attack the world with the world's terminology. You begin to open the word of God. When you read back in the next part of the word, it says, it says spend some time in my word. Don't let these words depart from your mouth. This says meditate on them day and night. We don't attack the enemy with the enemy's words. We attack the enemy with the sword of the Spirit. When it says meditate, what most people don't realize, the word meditate literally means to growl. Come on. I'm going to get in this word. And if somebody tries to say anything against it, come on. You know, the enemy's roaring like a lion, but he ain't got no teeth. But I've got something, got some teeth in this house. Come on, somebody. I've got something that'll cut sharper than any two-edged sword. It's going to rip and tear. It's going to strike the enemy. It's going to put him down in his place. It's going to throw him in the, in, the, in the gates of hell. It's going to put him in the fire of the pit because it is the word of God. I've got to declare the word of God. And it's the word of God. Look. Mm. Lost. When you look at this word, it says, and have good success. What does it mean? It says, act wisely. The word good success means that we will act wisely. There's, when I look around the world right now, there's a whole lot of unwise things taking place. The reason that there's 
chaos is because people have not, they've lost touch with the truth. They're in, they're in alternate reality. They got these goggles on, the, the IR goggles on these days, and they're living in their alternate reality, right? They, 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 they're living in their MySpaces and their Facebooks and their social medias and all these things, and they don't realize there's people out here that's got a real life. They can say whatever they want to say on Facebook and act like they can get away with it. Come on, somebody. Got a platform for somebody to like. Got a platform for somebody to care and love and, and like and thumbs up and sad and cry and oh my goodness and laugh and all that good stuff. But there's a platform that we have to engage one-on-one. -on -one. We have to face-to-face -to -face and we engage through the Word of God. We have to lift up a standard of the Word of God and we have to act wisely because in the Word of God, if we begin to observe the things of God, when we begin to walk in the things of God, God will give us the prosperity that we need. And what is that prosperity? It is the kingdom advancement. It is not because we fill our coffers. It's not because we can have uh, money in the bank. It's not so we can have the greatest and latest of whatever's happening today, but it's because there's a kingdom advancement and God's looking for people who are willing to stand up and not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ but it's the power unto God unto salvation and I want to be a transmitter of the power of God but until we get to a place of willingness to say God I'm willing to go through the process. I'm willing to humble myself before you. I'm willing to take on the task of whatever it is. If it's sweeping the parking lots, if it's wiping a commode, if it's vacuuming, if it's greeting, if it's whatever it is, God, whatever task you want me to have, I will take it and I will do it proudly because I'm your kingdom vessel. And whatever you lead me to next, I will do it to the best of my ability because I'm your servant and your servant is proud to be in the kingdom of God. But we've got to be willing to take this word got to be willing to allow it to, to be the ultimate direction of our life. We've got to allow Look, why? Why was he able to do that? Why are we able to advance? He had to tell Joshua three times. Didn't he? Three times. Come on, Joshua. Take courage. But why are we able to see the advancement of the kingdom of God? He said, because... As I was with Moses, I will be with you. He said, I won't forsake you. I won't cast you aside. I won't throw you out. He said, be strong. Be very strong and courageous. For I am with you. I'm with you. This morning, you need, somebody needs to grasp a hold that, that whatever anxiety and fear that you're walking, whatever strife that you're trifled with, I'm here to encourage you that the Lord is with you. And that His calling is sure. That He has called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. He's called you and His calling is sure. And you don't have to waver in that calling because He's called every one of us. His, his love for you is imminent because He showed that on the cross of Calvary. And if it was just you that was here, He would have done it for you. You might think, well, I'm worthless, I'm nobody, but God says you're somebody because you're the workman of my hand. I knitted you together in your mother's womb. I called you by name. I love you. I care about you, and I'm with you. God said, I'm with you. Too often, too often, we allow the voices of, of our own self, we allow the voices of our past, we allow the condemnation of the world to put us down. And to silence us. But I'm here 
as the Lord encouraged Joshua three times. Be of courage. Be strong. Not in yourself. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Not in your own abilities. God's not calling talented people. He's calling willing people. God's calling you. In this hour of darkness, God's calling people with a voice who's willing to to take this word and internalize it and then transmit it to everyone we can because it is the power of God and the salvation it is the power you talk about dunamis power dynamite power it's the most powerful thing that we could ever plug into because it took a wretch like me and he saved me he took some of you in some of your worst case scenarios and he dried you up he healed you he saved you he transformed you you've been in a process some of you have been walking in the process and you've been discouraged because you're saying God what's next And God's saying, would you just be faithful? Would you just be committed to the process? Because I'm at work in your life. I'm doing a work in you. I'm bringing wholeness in you. I'm I'm purifying, cleansing, and making you righteous so that the righteousness of God comes out of you as the boldness of a lion. This morning, I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know where you're at in this process. But this morning, the Lord is declaring over you, I am with you. I'm with you. If you'd say, Pastor, I just, I just want you to pray with me. I just, want, I just want this church to pray over me. Would you just raise your hand right where you are? Yeah. This morning, I'm with you. I've never been through a pandemic before. I've never been through the chaos, the the condemnation of the world over the body of Christ. I've never been through this much hatefulness in my life. In my study, in my prayer, I struggle. And so I'm in the process. I've I've not stepped into heaven's gates yet. I've not walked in those gates through those gates of pearl and streets of God. I'm still in the process. And just as you raised your hand, I raised my hand. And I ask that we pray together. And I ask that we believe together. I ask that we grow together. I ask that we connect together. Because I need you. I need every one of you. Those of you who are watching online, I need you. I need us to be together. The enemy wants to bring destruction and division The enemy wants to to separate us, to isolate us, to attack us. But that is not God's plan. That's not the plan of God. God's plan is not divisive. It's unifying. We need need each other. 
wherever you are right now, if you raise your hand, would you just stand right where you are? I know that we're not following, we're following these rules these days, but if you see someone standing next to you, would you just, would you just point your hand to them and we would just pray for them right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we recognize, Lord, we recognize that, that we are on the verge of stepping into something awesome. And Lord, I know that so many times we've limited our step because we're worried about what everybody else thinks. But God, I believe that you have declared over us. There's a promise that you've declared over this church. I believe there's a promise that you've declared over some individuals right here in this place. And Lord, they've been baby-stepping along, wondering what's the next step. Wondering, God, how can you use them? And yet at the same time, God, you're saying, would you make a big step? Would you declare my glories over the place where you are? And would you step and move? And would you declare my kingdom advancement wherever you are? And Lord, I pray, God, as we are right here right now, we understand that the process is not always easy. There's sometimes that we have to endure the wilderness. And God, some of us in this house feel like we've been in the wilderness for 40 years. We feel like we've been overwhelmed with with wondering where the food's coming from, wondering how we're going to make it, wondering if we'll ever experience the presence of God in His fullness, the, the heaviness of the glory of God shining through. Will we ever be able to shout again? Will we ever be able to dance again? Will we ever be able to, to lift up our hands and glorify you again? We're going through the wilderness. But I believe that in the wilderness, Lord, there's, there's some forming, there's some fashioning taking place. There's some renewing, there's some strength being given, there's some endurance being built because your word says that he who endures to the end shall be saved. There's some endurance being built. And I pray, Lord, that we will not grow weary in the process, that we'll not grow weary in well-doing, but we'll keep to the task. And just like those seraphim, as they were flying back and forth in the Holy of Holies, declaring the glory of the Lord. May our perspectives be changed. May we transition on the inside to understand that the outside circumstances and the outside situations don't have to affect the transition on the inside of us because we are growing from glory to glory. Lord, begin to equip and strengthen and empower. Begin to draw us out, Lord. Lord, let us arise and let us take the steps that you've declared for us to take. And Lord, let us see the power of God being transmitted through us. Not for our glory, not for our acknowledgement, but God, that you might be glorified. That the King of glory might be recognized in this house. For we are your vessels dependent on you. But it is you who created in us a right spirit. It is you who makes right righteousness in us. And we surrender all to you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God is good, isn't he? And I pray that. I mean, I know y'all put up with me and I love you for putting up with me. 
But I just encourage you, keep this pastor in prayer. Uh, we're, 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 waging, we're, raging some, we're waging some wars right now, all right? But I know that we're going to be victorious. And I'm just believing that, that revival is, is right at the doorstep. I believe that some of you are already experiencing personal revival already right now. And I believe that's going to sweep through this congregation. And I believe that we're going to see the miraculous take place because the presence of God is in the house. Amen. Amen. I love yous. Is that all right? I'm, I'm, I'm in Tennessee, right? I love yous. I love all you. Yes, sir. You've already said it. Well, the sentiments are absolutely mutual. I love you guys. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, over the next few months, we are doing our best to, to really listen to the voice of God, to be able to write the vision down and make it plain. Because in January, I'm looking forward to kicking off a, a, a great uh, plan for our local congregation to fulfill what he wants to do with us and so y'all be in prayer with me as i'm as i'm writing the vision down doing my best to to consult the lord to make it plain so that we can have a targeted vision for for being able to know being able to grow and be able to show the love of jesus christ the world amen because i recognize i need jesus and everybody needs Jesus. Amen. Love you guys. Remember, uh, look in your, in your uh, bulletins. There are several different events going on. If you haven't signed up to receive text from the church, the church sends out text of events. Um, make sure that you see Kathy or Stephanie, and they'll, they will get you connected. Call the church. They'll make sure your number's in. Uh, because also, events sometimes change due to weather. For example, we had a children's event yesterday. It had to change. And we want you to be aware of those things. Make sure that you're on our texting list. We'd love to have you in our directory. We want to make sure we're connected to you. God bless you. Have a blessed day. Enjoy your afternoon. Maybe it will be dry and beautiful. Everybody needs Jesus. Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. Jesus. He's my Father. Other names, everybody needs Jesus.